right. Happy Monday. It's another Monday. It is, uh, what are we on the 7th of, oh, we're not even in May. We're in, we're in March, right? 7th of March. Is that what it is today? 7th of March. 14th of March. Look at that, man. Well, good thing I am sitting there looking at a, a Mission Live breakdown that says right on it, it's 3722. Probably because I typed that somewhere in there. So I'm that kind of professional, guys. Um, hey, so <laughs> thank you for joining us. Thank you for uh, riding along with us this morning on a Monday. Glad to be a part of your day. I uh, sure appreciate that. By the way, uh, we'll just start at the top of the show. If this is a show that you think is interesting and, and you, you like what's going on, would you decide to click subscribe and maybe share this with a friend or, or something uh, along the way on your social media? It's just a way of getting word out that we're doing what we're doing. And uh, today on Mission Live, we are going to, uh, we've got Matt Roberts from the Bear Creek Greenway Recovery Project. Um, and uh, if you follow him on Facebook, if you're from Southern Oregon and uh, especially in the Medford area, Jackson County area, uh, you will be familiar with with that. And uh, you'll you recognize what the Bear Creek Greenway is. And, uh, you know, it seems like a lot of cities have little greenways, uh, places along a creek or a river for, for a community to walk and go enjoy their time together. Um, in, in Medford, it's the Bear Creek Greenway. And the Bear Creek Greenway travels all the way from Ashland uh, all the way up through uh, maybe up to Rogue River or something like that, I, I think. And so anyways, um, I'll be talking with Matt uh, about all that's going on along the Bear Creek Greenway. Uh, we've got some stuff in the news today. We will have a ministry spotlight from the Pregnancy Care Center, another great ministry going on right here in Grants Pass. And one of those things that if you're wondering, like, why, why do we even need a Christian community in our town? Well, let me tell you, because there are Christian organizations that are doing fantastic things in your community and not costing you a tax dollar dime. And man, they're doing great work. Uh, so can't wait to hear from the Pregnancy Care Center. Uh, we will have our uh, Wicked Rule of the Week. Boy, the, probably the most contested rule of all, rule number six. You'll have to stick around and find out what that is. Also, uh, we'll be doing uh, our book review and just some closing thoughts for the day. So let's jump right on into it here with the talk of the town. And we'll go on to talk of the town. All right. Talk of the town today comes from KVAL. Uh, it's just a copy from the Associated Press. You may have seen this. I think everybody's seen this. It's uh, Portland, Oregon. The mayor of Portland, Oregon recently banned camping on the sides of certain roadways and officials are exploring other aggressive options to combat homelessness. An increasing number of liberal cities like Portland, Seattle, and New York are cracking down on encampments after years of tolerating growing numbers of people living in tents. Officials justify the moves by citing recent violent homeless outbursts, littering, uh, littered encampments labeled as health concerns and increasing homeless deaths. Uh, but advocates for people experiencing homelessness have denounced the maneuvers. They say that 
homeless, uh, the homeless crisis is being treated as a blight or a chance for cheap political game, gains. Well, I got to tell you, um, I definitely think that there is uh, political gains to be made here at, you know, we're coming up to an election year and, um, and I don't think they're cheap at all, though. Uh, I do think that uh, this, is a, this is an issue that is costing you and I, the taxpayer, literally billions and billions of dollars. And, um, and so what they're doing is they're, they're acting all angry uh, at this problem that was created by them. And uh, in fact, you know, you really got to think about this. Is, is the homeless person the one to blame in all of this? Um, when you take when you take people who are uh, struggling and funnel them into where they only have a couple of options, you know, uh, and they're, they're struggling to get back on their feet and everything, and then you 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 actually penalize them for working so they don't get enough money uh, for any subsidies for help, and then the subsidies that you do give them is tents and sleeping bags, and you know a, a meal at noon every day or something, and then you tell them they're bad, they're just simply doing what our, our culture, our society, certainly our politicians, they're following the funnel exactly where they're being funneled to. And you and I, taxpayer, are underwriting it. Are your taxes just not enough and you feel like you want to pay more? Keep going the way you're doing, man. It's going to definitely help. I know it. So, uh, hey, our second news article comes from the City to City Journal. Um, and uh, the title is, When Anarchy Comes Calling, The Reality of Vancouver's Homeless Camps. And this is, this is out, of, um, out of Canada. And really, um, you know, if, if you want to see, I mean, we constantly hear uh, how great Canada is and, you know, how much more we should be like them because of all the free subsidies that they get. Well, you really want to see where free subsidies lead to? Go check out Canada. In fact, here's a video clip that is embedded in this, in this news article. It's a great news article, all the links to which will be in our show notes. Check this out. It's time to tell the truth about tent cities in Canada and the activists behind them. In cities across the country, from Vancouver to Toronto to Edmonton and even here in Victoria, these once beautiful and inviting public spaces have become crime-infested slums, virtual no-go zones for families, seniors and just everyday taxpayers hoping to enjoy their communities. But what many Canadians might not realize is that these encampments didn't just fall out of the sky. Instead, they have actually been organized and deliberately set up by activists in an attempt to pressure local governments to cave to their demands. One such activist is a woman named Chrissy Brett, an individual I first met here in Victoria after she organized the local tent city in the suburb of Saanich back in 2018. A massive eyesore that led to dramatic increases in crime, open drug use, and environmental damage of nearly $1 million. But she's since graduated on to bigger and better things. Brett now rules over the much larger and much more dangerous tent city in Vancouver's Strathcona Park, complete with its own thuggish security that threatened me and told me I was trespassing when I tried to film a video there last summer. 
So what are they demanding? Well, they actually released a list of demands. It includes the construction of a, quote, healing lodge, free electricity and hot water for everyone at the camp, and free homes for everyone who wants one. Because why not? It's not like money doesn't grow on trees. They also demand that these government-provided homes permit illicit drug use without restrictions, and that the government actually provide these drugs, including opioids and alcohol, again for free. Oh, and they also want $2,000 per month for each person on top of everything. I mean, what's next? Tickets to music festivals, expense accounts. Maybe we should appoint one of these activists our new governor general. But the thing is, their strategy seems to be working with cities like Montreal and Victoria refusing to enforce their own bylaws against 24-7 camping, further incentivizing the kind of dangerous and chaotic camps that have wreaked havoc on our communities over and over again. And when residents do try to stand up in their defense, they are often bullied, intimidated, or like in the case of Katie Lewis in Vancouver, brutally attacked. Lewis is a neighborhood organizer and vocal critic of the massive Strathcona Park 10 city, located basically in her own backyard. She was rewarded for her social activism with a blow to the head with a welding pipe that left her unconscious outside her own home. Look, some of the people in these camps are truly deserving of our help. They suffer from mental illness or addiction and need our assistance and compassion in turning their lives around. But others are not, including criminals, anarchists, and some who would just prefer to live outside on taxpayers' dime. We cannot allow this group of people to continue to push us around. We cannot allow them to blackmail taxpayers with outrageous demands. And we can allow them to turn our city's most cherished parks into some kind of dystopian wastelands that the families and citizens who pay for them are unable to enjoy. For the C2C Journal, my name is Aaron Gunn. Thanks for watching. All right. Well, um, here we are again. We have got Matt Roberts in the office. <laughs> it's good to be here. Good, to, good be to have you. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, we got that video um, and and the link to that really off of your site. You know, you you are one of those uh, another one of those voices that are just paying attention. They're paying attention to what's going on, um, and I think kind of part of where people get angry is is they get angry when you and I and organizations like ours um, bring this stuff up into the forefront. They bring this stuff that was hidden right up to where everybody can see it. And when you turn on the lights. Right. You know, right, yeah. right. And 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 so there the and and the tendency is to go, well man, you guys are bad people because you're you're showing all this stuff and it doesn't look good, and you, and mm -hmm. and you go, yeah. yeah no, it, it absolutely doesn't look good, yeah. which is why we're trying to draw attention to it. Right, right, yeah. right, right. So, um, so I was talking to a friend of mine uh, last week, week before last, I forget which, and uh, I think it was last week, and um, who does some work. Um, he, he works, does some ministry work, and he works along the Greenway, him and his family, and, and they're doing outreach kind of work there mm -hmm. and, and everything. And he was kind of, you know, he was kind of bothered by, um, by some of the images that were coming up on, that you were showing on the mm -hmm. Bear Creek Greenway 
uh, recovery project um, on which is a Facebook channel and or Facebook page and and everything, and um, and it was kind of funny because it was like there was the the assumption that I think he was making was that your your intention was to shame the people who are the, the homeless people who are there. Absolutely not. Yeah. Absolutely not. The, the goal of the page is to draw attention to a problem. Right. And try to find solutions to that problem. Right. Without attention, those problems, like you said, stay under the radar. Right. They stay camouflaged. Right. And we'll talk about another little tidbit uh, when we get going here. But if you don't draw attention to the problems, right. and while some of the photos might be, you know, if we very much try not to show faces, we very much try not to, you know, pick people out because it's not the people right. that's the problem. It's the behaviors. Yeah. It's the lack of attention by the public, by us right. to that problem and the perpetuation of the problem by groups who think that it's okay and keep funneling supplies and, and drug paraphernalia and problems to these people who truly need help and recovery yeah. and addiction recovery problem or issues solutions and mental health yeah yeah i mean i i hear um you know i, I was talking to uh, a group that does um harm reduction uh in josephine county who had said like well when our first our first year when we operated we we gave out uh, like thirty thousand free needles in josephine county the next year we did like 160,000 or some, some, you know, ridiculously large number. And, and it seemed like it just never occurred to anybody like, well, do you think that maybe the fact that you gave 30,000 out was contributing to the problem in, in this, that, that because now you're a resource right. that you may actually be contributing to the problem. And that just seems to never occur to anybody that, you know, and, and, and you're, you're reducing harm, how do you even define that? You right, know, I mean, right. So, so you're reducing harm for maybe, maybe, for that drug user. Um, what, what are you doing for that little kid who who is wearing flip flops and happens to trip and get pricked by one of those needles? It, it's robbing Peter to pay Paul, so to speak. Right. It's the 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 rest of society, the public in our communities, is yeah. now at risk because. Some and, and statistically a very small number. Thank goodness yeah, we don't yeah. we don't want this to become a a fifty fifty kind of equation. Right. But yeah, the benefit of dozens, maybe a hundred drug users yeah. now impact the rest of our community. Yeah, and I struggle with harm reduction. I understand the theory. Yeah, and when I've looked into harm reduction. The numbers seem to carry on that, yes, harm reduction is beneficial right. when executed in a controlled manner. Right. Harm reduction should be exchange of needles, right. not handing out thousands of them. Right. That just encourages overuse. Well, I mean, again, you know, last week, I think it was, we, we showed an article from City Journal um, talking about the... Um, harm reduction camps in San Francisco mm -hmm. that are costing the city um, something like $5,000 per month oh. per tent. Oh. And so, you know, a, a homeless person, it costs them to afford somebody a tent 
$60,000 a year, and they've literally got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these people. That's incredible. So, so uh, again, are we, what, what are we, who are we reducing harm for? You know, it, it's certainly not the taxpayer. It's certainly right. not the citizen who's not using drugs and who is complying with the law and, and who's doing all those and things. footing the bill. And footing the bill for it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I think that um, the concerns, you know, is, and I don't, the thing I don't want to, I guess, go away from our conversation missing today is, is this aspect that I think is easy. It's easy for people to hack on you or me as guys that are just, you know, angry uh, and and spiteful or hateful mm-hmm. in some way, um, because uh, because we've got because we set firm boundaries and because we we uh, expose this thing this this ugly thing within our community. When the, the fact that we'd even use the term ugly, that I would use the right. term ugly, would be you know, well, you're just judging yeah, yeah, and exactly right. And so we, we we can't actually apply a moral compass to it. And the minute that you do, which I am prone to do because I'm a Christian and, and Christians have a moral compass, you know, um, that, that we just come off as harsh. And, and I don't know. I mean, I think that the thing that's harsh is that, is that our community has allowed these people to, to regress Mm -hmm. as humans into things that we're treating like pets you know i mean we're okay they deserve a they deserve a a box to sleep in to get them out of the rain and we should leave a dish of clean food and water out for them um and you know and you you can't really beat them or anything like that you know and and and, which is a great argument for pets it's a Mm -hmm. a great argument for for like PETA and stuff like that you know um you know be ethical in the way that you treat animals but we're talking about human beings here yeah our equals Right. From the get-go. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so you sit there and think, you know, why why would we why are we arguing for the letting them sleep on the ground in the cold? In the mud. In the mud. Yeah, amongst their waste and yeah. you know, whatever. It's the conditions in these tents and in these yeah. camps, which I've got lots of first hand knowledge, yeah. is not a place I would wish anyone to be. No, you know, yeah. yet these people are fighting for their right to be there and yeah. and spreading misinformation about resources, yeah. places to stay, like the gospel mission, right. places to get well, get healthy, get back on your feet and move forward. Right. I, I'm constantly hearing, well, don't you understand that it's it's addiction and mental illness? And I go, yeah, um, I think if I was out on the street living in these conditions, living in a living hell, mm-hmm. that I would be a little depressed yeah. and anxious. I'd have anxiety issues. I, mm-hmm. I, I would have a hard time sleeping. I might start having problems. You know, I'd want to use drugs, I think, if I, was, if I was out there. At least drink, man. I'd want to, like, just wreck myself because I'm already... Just trying to cope with the terror of living in those conditions. Oftentimes being the victim of your neighbors. Oftentimes. Yeah. Oftentimes. Um, Yeah, it's not a safe place to be. It's not a safe place for anybody. Right. You know, let alone people who are, you know, living there and 
exposed to the elements and exposed to the the, the, the other people who are exp- you know d- uh, experiencing mental illness and drug addiction issues yeah. and you know those are your neighbors those are the people who you know oh you have a cool thing I think I want that I'm gonna beat right. you up and take it right it's just survival yeah. of the fittest right? it is yeah. it is it's it's the most base not basic but base yeah. living conditions That's right. that we can have anybody exist in our cities these days right. and there are people fighting for their right to do so yeah they, uh, my page you know the yeah. the the greenway recovery page yeah. is focused on finding solutions to the problem all right i've spent more time talking to politicians and law enforcement officers and and people like yourself with actual solutions yeah that have no understanding that, or the, the rest of the public doesn't understand that there is a whole community of people trying to rectify this. Right. Meanwhile, we have these mutual aid slash harm reduction groups who are specifically asking for camouflage tarps, green and brown tents, so that it's easier for these people to hide in the bushes, yeah. remain in the mud and the filth and the danger, right. and not go to an urban campground, the gospel mission, someplace where it's warm, safe, dry, yeah. and they can start over. Yeah, yeah. It seems to me like uh, it, it, this is all kind of like a uh, born out of this idea of I can't judge. It seems like the one, like all non-Christians, if they know one verse in the Bible, they'll say, well, judge not lest ye be judged, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's my verse, right? And, and, and you go... Okay, well, what does that even mean? I mean, you know, and, and the, well, you can't make a decision on whether a behavior is good or bad, and and if you have in your mind, you certainly can't say it, you right. know, and everything. So, so guys are putting drugs in their arms and feet and noses and and everything and, and lungs that are that are killing them doing behaviors that are killing them. And when we go, well, I don't want to say anything because I, I want to be very non-judgmental. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, but what if by being non-judgmental, you're killing them? You're, right. you're actually enabling their death. Well, and, and drug addiction is a 100% fatal disease. Right. You know, it, it, it will kill you sooner or later. And likely take some others along the way. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the thing that bugs me is, is you sit there and go, oh, it's it's only pot, you know, or something. Yeah. I'm going okay, great. Well, you're funding, you're funding uh, a group of people by buying that. You're funding a group of people that are that don't care about whether your kid drops out of high school or not, mm-hmm. and they're just as apt to sell it to your kid in high school or junior high school, and they don't care if if you know what his outcomes are. All they care about is making money, and if they'll make money on that, wait till they get something into him that's even harder to let go of than pot. Well, I think you bring up a, a very valid point is that follow the money. Right. Who's making money on this? Yeah. You know, and I, w- I had a conversation with a former addict, a yeah. uh, person in recovery uh, last week who said they were walking through the park and a transient walked up to them and said, hey, they're giving away free crack pipes over at that trailer over there with some pizza. You want a crack pipe? Here, have one. You're kidding no, me. No, no. It was absolutely, it's just handing out Welcome paraphernalia to, to anybody who wants it. Wow. It's not focused harm reduction. It's nothing other than enabling people to get high e- more easily yep. and more often. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, you know which who, is a but, who are we to judge? Yeah, right. 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 <laughs> Not that there's any problem with yeah. any of that. Right. right. You right. Know? It's all good. Yeah. So, you know, this kind of thing. So you, you say, you know, you're focusing on in the Bear Creek Greenway project, recovery project. You're just focusing on like things that are like how to solutions oriented, mm-hmm. basically. Um, talk about some of the solutions that you guys have come up that you guys have come up with or come across along the way. There are a lot of misconceptions and misinformation being spread about resources yeah. in our valley. Yeah. Um, and you're experiencing the same thing here. For sure. Um, you know, we, we've become uh, fairly close with the people who run the, uh, the urban campground. Okay. The Rogue Retreat. Rogue Retreat, sure. Um, you know, and while it's not a perfect solution, it is a solution. People yep. can get off the street. Yep. They can be someplace safe and dry. Yes. They can have food. They can have access to a mailbox. Yeah. They can get a new driver's license. They can receive, you know, uh, their meds. Right. There. So there's, there's, there's basically people from all the, all kinds of hosts of other agencies all converging into one spot because they're located in one location. And you don't have to hunt them up the right. miles and miles right. and miles of the 20 odd miles of greenway space or 30 odd miles of greenway space. Here's one location. Now we can we can go in and offer resources in this one location, which right? saves us all money because sure. not everybody has to have a separate location and pay rent. Right. And you know we're we're looking at a new navigation center right. in, in Medford, yep. which I don't think is up and running yet. But there's there there is a shelter in that location right now. Right. I think it's fairly limited space, but they're they're building this up where it's one stop shopping right. for people along the Greenway. And it's very readily accessible. It's yeah. right across the street from the Greenway. Yeah. Um, and and so the and and bed space is right. always you know there's no place to go there's no beds for these people yeah there's all kinds of bed space there's just no there's just bed space in some places that you don't like or are afraid of for some reason you know um, we we hear this at the at the mission all the time you know is well people don't want to go there because you you jam religion down their throat first of all we talk to them the same way i'm talking to you have i jammed religion down your throat in our conversation not once okay so you know it's just it's just talking about things mm-hmm. right and and um and i've never even asked and nor do i intend to if you agree with me on any of those things you know at least i'm not going to do it live you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so but but the challenge is going to be you know is They'll sit there and they'll go, well, we can't go to that place because they're Christians. And, I, mm. and I'll go, why? Yeah. Because they, they jam religion, to, which means what? What, mm. what does that mean? Well, you, you're going to have to listen to them talk about Christianity. Okay. So then what? You ever you watch know? TV shows that you right. don't agree with? Exactly. You ever, you know. I mean, so... So, you know, it's like, what is it that, what's the, the bad thing that's going to happen? But here's the thing. They're, I think what they're afraid is that it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be an uncomfortable experience for them. And they're afraid of this uncomfortable experience. So rather than going into a place where there's a bed every night, where there is, where they're, you know, with fresh bedding, with, you know, three hot meals a day, mm-hmm. with, with showers, access to showers, with counsel, with, uh, with all of these things, for fear of being uncomfortable, yeah. they'd rather sleep in a tent outside in the cold, right. in the mud, 
where it's uncomfortable, where they're going to be victimized by everybody around them because mm-hmm. somebody's jamming something down their throat. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, what, where the, the sense in that? I don't get it. I think, and this is my opinion, but I believe that there is a certain amount of, we, we talked about having that central location. Yeah. A lot of these harm reduction groups require a central clearinghouse location for several reasons. One, it is much simpler logistically to yep. hand out resources, yep. you know, free tents every week because the last one burned down because they, you know, whatever. Right. Um, boxes of needles, et cetera. But you don't get PR. You don't get noticed. You don't get donations unless you have a large population in a very visible central location to drive that that foot traffic and that that those donations. Well, and, and a lot of that, frankly, I mean, there's no worry about that because this is the 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 navigation center will be city funded. Mm-hmm. So they're not running on donations. Right. You know, I mean, they may, they may ask for them and the public may donate to them, but that's not how they run. Unlike right. the gospel rescue mission and gospel rescue missions in general, which are, excuse me, they're 100% uh, taxpayer free. You know right. I mean? It's just so, no $5,000 a tent I, I tax bill. Right, right. I don't ask the, I don't ask the government for anything. You know, in fact, I'd rather the, keep your money. I'd rather you not spend it. We got people that will give to us, you know, because they recognize that we give results. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of the thing that, um, that I always just, I'm curious about is, you know, again, what are your results, uh, potential navigation center, uh, you know, uh, people who are giving out your harm reduction groups and stuff. What are your results? What's a, give me a cost to benefits analysis and, and everything, uh, to show me that it's worth the, the investment. And if it's not, give me a way to back out of it. You know, give me a, right. give me a way to back out of it where we go, okay, we were tax, you were, you were taking my tax dollars to pay for this, but we've, you've proven that it's not effective. Stop taking my tax dollars right. for this thing. Now, now you just make it fund itself, you know, go postal, you know, mm-hmm. go, go, uh, you know, NPR or something, you know, where, where, okay, we think we've got something good enough that can just run privately and, and, you know, off of, uh, the charity of the public and, and everything. Right. And, okay. Do it, you mm-hmm. know, do it that way, but stop stealing my tax dollars for it. At right. some point in time, you know, I don't, I don't mind tax dollars building infrastructure in a sense, mm. but if it doesn't run itself, if it, if, it, and if it doesn't produce good results, right. Stop making everybody pay for it. Exactly, exactly, and and I think a lot of the groups and and agencies don't really have a solid metric for gauging success. Right. Whereas you and I have had conversations specifically about the gospel mission here yeah. that are eye opening. Yeah, yeah. I know? mean, you know, here's the thing: if if you're excited about like warming shelters, if that's kind of your thing mm-hmm. and keeping people warm uh, in cold weather or keeping people cool in really hot weather. of the people who come into a gospel rescue mission get that, Mm -hmm. okay? They get that every day. If you like feeding people who are hungry and stuff like that, 100% of everybody who stays in a gospel rescue mission gets food and gets good food, you Mm -hmm. know, and and everything. If If you're excited about giving out clothes... Man, the Gospel Rescue Mission gives clothes to everybody in their program and, and everything. If you're excited about giving tents, you know, and, and sleeping bags, 
I'll do you one better. I'll put them in a bed. Mm-hmm. I'll put them in a bed that's safe. In a heated and, air conditioned building. In a heated air conditioned building, exactly. So if you're worried about you know uh, addiction, you know, and, and the addiction issue, one hundred percent of our program residents stay clean during their program time. Okay, so they they stay one hundred percent sober while mm-hmm. they're here. Um, and and if you're concerned about you know mental illness. Everybody that comes in this door gets counsel. They get they're they're surrounded by a team of people who who care for them and who give them counsel. And so I'm going, what's not to like about what we do, you know? And 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 when you're doing it, guess what? The 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 absolute best results that we get is like one out of the four people that walk through our doors will leave with a job and a home. Mm-hmm. I got to ask if your navigation center is going to get that same kind of results, eh? you know, or if, or if any of the other places are going to get those kinds of results. I hope, I'm not saying I, right. I'm not right. saying I hope that they don't. I'm saying I hope they do, but I'm saying they, I would like to know. Some quantifiable you know, What do you data. do? Quantify right. it. You know? And I, I think one of the unique things about, about your program here is that not only are they housed, sheltered, comfortable, you know, as far as heating and cooling, fed, they're surrounded by peers, yep. people in similar situations yep. who are also achieving success. That's right. Instead of surrounded by people living in the mud, in the cold, right. in the heat, needles everywhere, yeah. watching people die of overdoses, knowing that the person in the other tent is being sexually assaulted, et cetera, et cetera. That kind of environment yeah. is not healthy for anybody. Yeah. Nobody gets out of that without help. That's right. And that help needs to draw them out of that area. That's right. And that's why we post the pictures. That's why we share the information that we get. That's why we support the cleanups. Because yeah. if they're forced to not be there anymore, yeah. hopefully they'll find a place that's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, your cleanups, I think, are the, the, the cleanups that you guys have organized have been some of the stuff that's most outstanding to me. When you're telling me, man... We're pulling out metric tons of trash mm-hmm. out of there. And, and everybody, where's it all come from? <laughs> you paid for it, taxpayer. Yep. It came out of your tax dollars and mine. You are underwriting this thing. And here's what's happening right now. The volunteers are all going in and voluntarily removing all of this waste. And it's because they're doing it because groups like you are are drawing attention to it, mm-hmm. and there's and and the citizens of Medford and and the surrounding areas that are paying attention to this are going. You know what? Let's take care of this together. Let's go. Right. Let's step up and take care of this together. So it's not like you know you you listen to the news and and they'll make it seem like uh, on a cold winter night there's citizens looking through looking through their their blinds and seeing the the poor homeless person walking down the street and they just turn the shutters and close them and go back to their you know right. giving dinner or right. whatever and and you know and and as the person's just getting wind whipped and beaten and drenched in the rain and everything and and so they they tell the the media kind of kind of frames this narrative like the citizenry is just bad. Yeah. And and I'm going, no, no, no. Are you kidding me? The citizenry 
they're doing exactly what they ought to do. And in fact, it's the people doing it you ought to put in charge. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the people who are going out and doing the work that, that ought to be in charge of what to do on this thing. And, and I get so frustrated when I hear city council members and stuff who bring in experts. In fact, they stop bringing in a lot. A lot of times they stop right. bringing in gospel rescue missions because we say things they don't want to hear. Right. You know, they say, we've decided that we're going to do this. And, and, and you've got people in the, in the neighborhood that are going, no, 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 don't do that. Please, yeah. please. And you have people coming in with, from gospel rescue missions that are saying, you know, no, that's a bad idea. That won't work. Heck, you're even getting people from rogue retreats and, you know, you know, public sector people who are going, no, no, we agree with them. It's a bad idea. Let's yeah. not do let's not do that. And it's just like the city is like, uh, yeah, anyway, so how are we going to do this thing that we've decided we want to do? Right, right. And a lot of it's, you know, follow the money. Again, right. follow the money. And a lot of the liberal cities we've been talking about, Portland, Seattle, San Francisco, yep. uh, even right. some of the beach communities in Southern California oh, have been experiencing some, some massive influxes of these camps. They get money. You know, and one thing, one thing a lot of people don't understand about Oregon's budgeting process and tax dollars is even if they sold you on a tax by saying all of this money, for instance, is going to go to benefit homeless people. Right. The legislature isn't beholden to that promise. Right. To actually spend it there. Yep. It all goes in the general fund. And the the legislature then goes, oh, yeah, we were going to spend it on this, but th- this pork project is a little more important right now. Yeah. We're going to siphon money off of that and spend it over here. Yeah, It all goes into the general fund, and it's spent however the legislature decides to spend it, which brings us to another point you had, yeah. voting wisely. Yeah, yeah. So, in fact, so we're going to go, let's talk about um, some action steps that people can take. Um, because really, I mean, we can sit and complain about this all day. You're a guy of action. I'm a guy of action, man. Let's just get in and, and roll up our sleeves and get this thing done. And uh, so some action steps. First action step, show up at your city council meetings and share your concerns. So, I, I mean, by golly, you got to actually let your city council members know, hey, we are not okay with this. Right. You know, I've often said that that if you really want to solve the problem, make hold them to make every solution that they propose happen in their little ward wherever right. wherever their district is where they where they represent have it happen there so that the people who voted for them are part of that solution and they will right. either be the solution or that person will get put out of office because right. you know it's they always want to propose it seems like they always want to propose something in somebody else's yeah. backyard yeah. to deal with, right? Yeah. Let's put this on the outskirts. Let's move right. this someplace where no one will see it. And, right, right. You know, it's really frustrating. So another thing was vote wisely. Elect good good council members that reflect your values, or hey, run for office yourself. Now, mm-hmm. you know, one thing that one thing that you and I both get criticized f- from people who sit there and say you shouldn't say things like that you shouldn't post pictures like that and they'll wag their finger at me Brian you shouldn't have those kinds of rules and you shouldn't do it that way or whatever right. and to me that's like um you know somebody's carrying somebody out of a burning building 
and, you the, and there's a person hurt their back doing that. You right. really shouldn't hurt their back like <laughs> exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Somebody's standing across the street criticizing the way you're carrying them. Yes. You're doing the work, <laughs> and they're criticizing, but they're not getting in the burning building themselves. Right. And and so get up and get involved. Right. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Um, how about this? Tour a gospel rescue mission near you and discover why they do what they do. If it makes sense, support it. So. I get can, people who contest us on the on on our gospel rescue mission Facebook page all the time. They'll they'll wag their fingers at us. They'll say, "Oh, you're doing it for this. You're doing it for that," and and they, they just want to in, interject all kinds of bad things about us that are usually not true. Right. Um, you know, if they if they say, "Brian, you're a jerk," I'll just say, "Talk to my wife. She will tell you I am far worse than they imagine," <laughs> and she'll tell us she'll spill all the dirt on me and right. everything. Um, but the truth is, is like, well, just, I always do this. I always say, I'll tell you what, come on down. I'll give you a tour. I'll let you talk to any of the residents you want to talk to. And mm -hmm. I'll walk away so that I don't even know what you talked about. Right. And there's no, like, uh, you know, no consequence to them, no consequence to you. You talk to them and ask them any question you want about their stay right. here. And, and they never seem to want to take me up on it. It's like, I'll, I'll walk through, talk to me. We'll talk to the residents, talk to the people that are here and find out how terrible we are, you mm -hmm. know? And, and what you'll find out is that all of a sudden the, you'll find out the rules make sense, mm -hmm. the things that we do make sense. And, uh, and, you know, at least from a Christian perspective, you know, right. I mean, but that's all I know. That's what I am, man. I mean, I, I, I didn't do, I didn't do not Christian very well. I, you know, that's, <laughs> it's my thing. Well, so, and and yeah. all growth processes are painful. Right. You know, yeah. building muscle is painful. You yes. know, all, all growth process is painful. What we find is that in a lot, well, 99.9% .9 of the conversations we have with people who are recovering, getting out of, of homelessness, moving yeah. forward is that, it's a painful process, yeah. but well worth it. Yeah. And no, and they'll thank you to your face and shake your hand and hug you and cry on your shoulder when they're successful. That's right. That's exactly. But they never thank the people who gave them the needles. That's they right. never thank the people who made it easy to stay in those dismal situations. Man, that is a good, good point. I'm just going to pause there for a second. Because that was a really good point, <laughs> and, and because and because that'll make a nice clip later on. Um, hey, um, look for solutions that work without tax cost. Okay, so so for me, it's like, uh, and I harp on this government-run operations, and the reason is because um, because bureaucracies have become their own industry. They've become their own industry. Um, so a bureaucracy that is there to solve a per, uh, to solve the problems of a victim, guess when the one thing they always need, victims. Yep. They always need victims, and they're not going to run out of victims. We talked they're, about the ten-year plan to end right, homelessness, yes. right? So, where are we now? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And in fact, let's bring that back to everybody's mind. Ten-year plan to end homelessness. Over 10 years ago, every county in the country did it to get money. Uh, HUD dollars were tied to it. You can look it up. Just type up 10-year plan to end homelessness and look in your county. There's probably somewhere a, uh, a link to what's there, and you're going to find uh, a plan to end homelessness that includes all the exact same talking points that we have today and I'll bet your community hasn't ended homelessness. In fact, I'm betting that it hasn't even put a serious dent in it. And if you're on the West Coast, 
you've gone the opposite direction. Exactly. And spent 10 times as much money. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so you just go, well, I want my money back. Right. I want my tax money back. You know, stop spending money on things that don't work, that patently, obviously do not work. Right. So, and then last thing is volunteer, man. I mean, you know, um, be a part of the solution. You know, Absolutely. I don't, even with people who volunteer to do things that I don't really agree with. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a guy who's a fan of like giving out sandwiches in the park and 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 all those kinds of things but you know what i don't do i don't really bag on people who do that it's not my thing i know what they're trying to do i think that they're kind of contributing to you know to that person not wanting to leave the park because Mm -hmm. they know that food's coming but at least here's what they are doing they're getting up off their rear end and they're going out and doing something, trying to be active in a, in a sense, right. in, in a proactive way. And and there's things that you can do to volunteer. How could they volunteer? What's the next volunteer opportunity they have to do with the Bear Creek Greenway Recovery Project? I know quarterly the yep. county does a Bear Creek Greenway cleanup. Yeah. And now that the weather is warming up, I think that's going to be very soon in our yeah. future. Obviously, uh, there are agencies at work. Grove Retreat for one, yep. uh, the Gospel Mission in Medford, yep. Kelly Shelter, all sorts of places yep. Yep. that that do house people. They do get people off the streets. They yep. do have services and resources available. Absolutely, check them out. See yeah. if something fits your your paradigm there are and places makes, to makes it go. Work for here you. in Grants Pass, we've got we've got the mission here in Grants Pass. We uh, Rogue Retreat just opened up um, Foundry Village just a couple months ago uh, in January. They've got a great little program there. It looks good. It's clean. It's mm-hmm. it's a it's a nice safe place. Uh, so if not us, them, but certainly get, get to work, get involved. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's really good. Brother, thank you so much for your time. It's always a pleasure to be here. Know, yeah. Always good. Yeah, and, you. Uh, and, you know, again, uh, if they want to find the, the Bear Creek Greenway Recovery Project, it's just that. Greenway Recovery Project. Greenway yeah. Recovery Project yep. on Facebook. Yep, right. on Facebook. All right. So. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, coming up next, our ministry spotlight. This is the Pregnancy Care Center. Check it out. I'm Sydney Wilder, I'm the Pathway Coordinator at the Pregnancy Care Center here in Grants Pass. Uh, We provide everything from pregnancy tasks to ultrasounds to uh, 22 weeks of parenting classes and we have a baby boutique where our parents are able to get the supplies that they need for their little ones. You know, as as a believer we um, feel grateful that we have the opportunity to help uh, the Creator with His creations and it doesn't matter the situation of how these babies have come into the world, we want to embrace them and and be able to supply and encourage the parents. Um, It's sometimes a difficult situation for them, but we want them to know that they are loved and accepted in a non-judgmental way. Um, for us at the Pregnancy Care Center, we feel like uh, God does most of the heavy lifting. He's the changing in the hearts in the community because by the time someone's got the courage to walk through our door, um, they've already had a lot of changes in their life. We just want to greet them and love on them unconditionally and hopefully be able to help and support them through their pregnancies, their um, deliveries, and be able to encourage them as new parents. Christ calls us to serve those in need, and the need in the Rogue Valley is urgent. We invite you to partner with the Grants Pass Gospel Rescue Mission in our commitment to serve our community. Whether it is working in the kitchen, teaching our residents, or even tending our garden, your unique talents and gifts as a volunteer are key to effectively caring 
or our homeless population. Explore the many ways you can serve at grantspassmission.org. Man, what a lot of fun that was talking with Matt. I sure enjoy just uh, his insights on things and love guys that are out there trying to do something good. Um, Wanted to thank my friends at Tailholt Coffee this morning. They're not a sponsor of this show, but, um, but... they make really great coffee there in Rogue River, tailholdcoffee.com. Check them out. And uh, today we have our rule of the week. This is the big one, rule number six. Rule number six. You are to remain nicotine-free during your stay at the mission. You are not allowed to smoke, chew, or use any tobacco products while you are a resident, either on or off GRM property. Boy, oh boy, I got to tell you, there is very few things that will draw uh, an angry letter, an angry phone call, uh, a wagging finger at me um, than than this very rule here. And the mission staff has debated this over and over and over again. It seems like year in and year out we debate whether or not we keep this whole thing. And you know, we always unanimously come back to the position where we go, this is still the right Thing to do now. I can give you uh, a, a quite a handful of reasons why, um, but I'll give you a couple of really simple ones. The first thing is that we believe that uh, n- that tobacco is is a luxury item. It's a it's an item um, of when you have some excess money and you can do something like much like coffee. Okay, a good a good cup of coffee is is a luxury item. If you can afford to enjoy a good cup of coffee, then um, well, that's great. You know, I mean, go right ahead. If you're not paying your bills, if you are not paying for your existence in life, if, if you have debts to society and you're not taking care of your children and, and these kinds of things, then um, to spend your resources, uh, and that's either either your treasure, your money, or, 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 or your talents um, in your efforts, you know, going around trying to bum smokes off of everybody, um, that that, in fact, then becomes a sinful behavior. It's, it's something that uh, you're, you're prioritizing it in a wrong way. And um, so there's all kinds of statistics that, I mean, we've done a tremendous amount of research in, into this very thing. We worked originally with All Care uh, trying to help us develop our cessation program. We offer uh, nicotine replacement. So we offer patches for people to get off of their, um, off of their smoking habit. But um, all of that said, uh, we really feel like it's, just a, it's a thing that needs to stop until homelessness is no longer our issue. Once, you are, once you're homed, once you have become homeful, then if you can afford to, uh, if you can afford an expensive cup of coffee, uh, not that Tail Holt's an expensive cup of coffee, but, um, but if you can, it's, it's definitely, I've had cheaper coffee that's not nearly as good. Um, if you can afford that, well, then go ahead and spend it on that. But if you can't, if you're not paying your bills on time, if you're not taking care of your life, you have no business um, in, you know, indulging in this as a uh, as a, a substance that that you can't 
get away from. Um, and the truth is, is that really all the residents that stay here during their stay, they remain nicotine-free, um, and they eventually get, you know, completely off of all of these things. If they choose to later on, if they decide that they want to smoke after they leave our program, that's fine. That's up to them. Um, but, uh, but this is why we have this program. We are trying to get people out of homelessness. And that's our biggest focus. And so if you, as a homeless person, uh, are focused on something other, if you've made a, a minor issue into a major issue, um, well, you've got well, bad priorities in your life. And we want to get set, help you set priorities that will help you move forward in your life, help you move forward uh, and, and become independent. All right, let's talk about our book of the month. Our book of the month is Failure of Nerve by Edwin H. Friedman. Um, let me tell you, I'm going to read for you. Uh, this is from uh, C. Andrew Doyle, the, bis- the Bishop of the Episcopal Diocese in Texas. It says, uh, the age that is upon us requires differentiated leadership that is willing to rise above the anxiety of the masses. We need leaders who will have the capacity to understand and deal effectively with the hive mind that is us. This is, in Friedman's word, the key to the kingdom. And I am grateful for this accessible new addition. Excuse me. So um, I'll tell you, Friedman talks about some things in really powerful ways. And one of the things that he talks about is dysfunction in society and dysfunction in, in beginning even in a relationship uh, where what we do is we... we see a dysfunction and we protect it. We move to protect it at the expense and the harm of the rest of the relationship. So you'll see this when you have uh, an alcoholic um, who's in a family, but the whole family makes room for the alcoholic. They don't talk about it. They hush-hush it. They, they become victims of it at times and, and instead of addressing it uh, directly. So the, the family gets weaker and the, the sickness that's in the family gets stronger. And he would say, this is regressive. This is a regressive way of looking at things. If we're going to make progress, what we have to do is we treat it like we would a cancer, where you actually strengthen the body as much as you can and attack and isolate the cancer. And that's exactly the way you treat uh, issues where there are dysfunction in a family. And that's also the way we ought to be treating dysfunctional issues in our society. And I have to think, I have to say that Edwin Friedman makes a really good case for these things. If you like books on leadership, if you like books on uh, on how to uh, look for a a long term solution to immediate kinds of issues, if you're not looking for a quick fix, I'll tell you what: this is the book for you. Failure of nerve, leadership in the age of a quick fix. All right, now it's time for some final thoughts. Uh, in our final thoughts today, I want to share a passage from the book of Titus. Uh, Titus 2, 6 through 8, it reads, Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech 
that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. So this idea that we are to live and be a model of good works includes a few things. One, it includes work, okay? It's something that we have to do. We have to be self-controlled. We have to do these things uh, in a way. We have to live our lives in a way that that doesn't allow people to condemn us or shame us. And what we're trying to do, both um, both Matt earlier and ourselves as Gospel Rescue Missions, uh, we are trying to help people live up to and step up to those kinds of suggestions by the Apostle Paul in Titus. We need to be self-controlled. That we need to um, we need to be not ones that are drawn by different addictions to and fro. That we're not ones that are given to anger and, and heavy emotion, um, but that we're ones that are thinking things through and being a model of working it out good. We're not just armchair quarterbacks. We are people who do good work. It's effort, and it takes effort to do these things. Um, and we're hoping that, you know, you would agree with us in trying to encourage people to come out of homelessness and be part of this. They can be. And in our teaching, in that way, what we'll do is we'll show integrity and dignity, sound speech, hopefully stuff that can't be condemned. Hey, thanks for joining us for another, another edition of our, of our podcast, of our, our video dialogue of Mission Live. Uh, I sure appreciate you riding shotgun with us. If you've lasted this long, that's fantastic. And, uh, and anyways, if you'd hit subscribe, check us out uh, on Facebook, on YouTube. Uh, share these things with us. We will be kind of breaking this up into clips and things that you can uh, maybe get little sound bites out of along the way. If you thought somebody uh, made a good comment along the way here in this in this conversation, again, I hope you have a great week. God bless you. Pray for those who are homeless today that they would want to leave homelessness behind and maybe that they'd even come and join a gospel rescue mission. God bless you. Have a great day.